All right. Good morning, everybody. This is the after show podcast for Friday's Monday in the Mount, uh, Friday's morning in the mountains. I'm Rich Haley, and we just finished up the morning in the mountains studio show, and now we're getting started here with the after show. And I'm going to call this the Friday free for all. I've got a couple of topics that I want to talk about, but I want to hear from you. What do you want to talk about? All right. Turn the volume down. All right, so now I can get your comments here. And I'm just going to start talking, and when you come up with something that you want to talk about, all you have to do is comment. I can see I've got about four people watching right now, so that's good. So I wonder how many of them are family members. Probably all four. All right. So today's show on uh, the studio show, we talked a lot about a couple of different things. The first thing we talked about was COVID-19, and I did a full update on that. I'm not going to repeat that here because I don't have to. The show is archived, and you can catch it anytime on Facebook, YouTube, or Roku, and you can get all that information. Uh, this podcast is available. You're listening to it live on Facebook. The podcasts are going to be available all over the place, including iHeartRadio, um, Anchor, um, let's see, I think Pocket Cast is another one. Um, there's several different places where you can go to find it. And the cool thing is, if you can't find it, all you have to do is go up to your Amazon device, Alexa, and say, hey, Alexa, let me listen to the Morning in the Mountain podcast. And it'll find it and bring it up for you. So that's kind of cool. I kind of like that. So one of the things that was uh, on Frank's mind during his after show, he was talking about wondering if drive-ins are going to come back. And it reminded me of a uh, drive-in that I used to go to a bunch in Orlando, Florida. I was down there going through Navy Nuclear Propulsion School, learning how to operate a nuclear reactor. And uh, a bunch of friends of mine and I, on a Friday evening, would go to the drive-in. It was located close to the base. It was called the Colonial Drive-In, I believe. And uh, they had a very... Uh, budget-friendly pricing scheme, which is why we went there. It was three bucks a carload. So they didn't care how many people you fit in the car. You put as many people in the car as you could, and it was $3 to get in. Of course, they made their money on the concessions, so they weren't really worried about how many people came in in the carload. So at the time, I was driving a 1970 Cadillac DeVille convertible, this was in 86, 87. Uh, and we could fit four couples in the car. Um, y you had to be friendly couples, but we could fit eight people, four couples in the car. So me and three of my friends would grab our, our uh, dates, all pile into my car, and go to the drive-in for three of the worst movies ever made. Um, this they definitely did not spend a whole lot of their budget on bringing in high quality movies these are movies that would have gone straight to video had there been video back then i can remember one particular night when the same exact scene was in all three movies they had just cut it differently and put it into three different movies and we happened to watch all three movies on the same night and I have to believe that whoever owned that drive-in knew about that, and he planned it that way 
So uh, by the third time that scene played that night, you know, we're all sitting out uh, on blankets or on the hood of the car, watching the movies, laughing, having a great time. And uh, we recited that scene the third time it came through. But uh, it wasn't about the movies. It was about being outside, not being in class, not being in uniform, and being young and having a great time on a beautiful summer evening in Orlando, Florida. So I've got very, very strong and fond memories of drive-ins. I've always liked them, and I would love to see them come back. There's something about being outside and watching a movie that is a completely different experience from being inside in a movie theater. Yeah, the sound is better, the projection's better when you're in a, you know, a multiplex theater surrounded by speakers and thousands of watts of power and you feel the theater shake, you know, you're inside the action, it's very intense. But there's something very special about sitting out on a spring or summer evening with the windows rolled down or the top down. I love Cadillacs, or excuse me, I love convertibles. Um, and hearing the night air, seeing the other people moving around, it's more a shared experience than being in a theater. Um, there is some sharing in the theater as well, but there's not that social aspect, I think. So my other drive-in memory, it wasn't really a drive-in, it was a walk-in. Uh, I worked on an island in the South Pacific, and I mentioned this, I think, last week, called Johnston Atoll, where I was doing a plutonium cleanup. Um, and short version is they used that I island for atmospheric testing of nuclear weapons. They had a rocket that uh, blew up on the pad, and that spread the warhead all over the island. This was back in the 50s. So basically, they just took all of the uh, warhead bits that they could find, dumped them in one five-acre area, put a fence around it, and said, we're done. So fast forward to the 90s, and uh, they're wanting to clean up the island, and we were in there doing the final cleanup. It was an army base, and one of the cool things about the military is they take recreation uh, fairly seriously. They have a department, uh, MWR, Morale, Welfare, and Recreation. And on Johnston Atoll, they had two things that I took huge advantage of while I was out there. And one uh, was free rental of boats and scuba gear. There were a couple of uh, certified uh, PADI instructors on the island, and I, learned, I got my certification. I learned to scuba dive, and for an $8 can of gas... I could get a boat and a full set of scuba gear and go out and start scuba diving. And Johnston Atoll is a coral reef in the middle of the deep water, which means it's some of the best diving in the world. So I learned to dive in a coral reef surrounded by all kinds of sea life, including lots and lots of sharks, which is kind of a story for another time, and I'll come, come back to that on another day. Just ask me about uh, snorkeling with a shark. 
it was interesting. It wasn't planned. So the other thing on the island, the other uh, recreational facility, is they had an outdoor movie theater. So movies were free, popcorn was 50 cents, and it was a big, uh, almost a natural amphitheater. And they had put together a screen, uh, lumber and plywood, and it was a very uh, large, good-sized screen. And the uh, Johnston Atoll, the Army base there, was part of the Armed Forces Radio and Television Network. And I'm sure if Jim Johnson gets on here, he can talk a whole lot about that. Uh, from the Army perspective, um, but uh, from the Navy perspective, it's, it's all video because you're on a ship. You don't have room for a theater, so it's like cable TV. But out here, you get first-run movies about usually two to three months, maybe six months after they open in the theater. So you're still a little bit behind, but you're not totally out of the loop. Now today with digital projection, they're probably right on schedule with everyone else. But there were many week weekend nights on the island. We worked a six-day schedule, 10 hours a day, 60 hours a week, 20 hours of built-in overtime, and made some, made some pretty good uh, bank doing that. But uh, Friday and Saturday night, you would go over to the theater, grab a popcorn and a Coke, sit down, and watch a movie outside in the tropical breeze and let me tell you that was something extremely awesome um, it, Johnston Atoll 800 miles southwest of Hawaii so just picture sitting outside in a, on a Hawaiian evening with the breeze blowing and watching a movie this is a pretty awesome way to watch a movie I'll just say that so really enjoyed that so I've been going to drive-ins and walk-in theater, outdoor theaters for quite a while, and I really love that experience, and I hope it does come back. This is a nice thing about the podcast. It's informal. I can drink something while I'm talking. So the uh, experience of going to a movie outside, whether you're in a car or, you know, it's a walk-in theater, is pretty special. So I would like to see these come back. I think that would be good. Um, it would be um, enjoyable. Now, there's there's some things that will be hard to overcome, uh, one being the space that is required. When land is at a premium, a drive-in becomes expensive. It's an expensive proposition to take up several acres of land to uh, park all these cars on for three or four nights out of the week. So um, that will be difficult. Um, on the other hand, if the demand is there, you know, what, what does the movie say? If you build it, they will come. Um, if the demand is there, it'll work out. So we'll see. What I see going forward, though, is what I think is much more likely will be um, fewer and fewer theaters of any kind as movies begin to be released directly to some of the different streaming service surfaces. Um, and we're already seeing that right now during this COVID-19. Um, a lot of first-run movies are being released directly to video. Some of them have been pushed back. The uh, Marvel Universe schedule has been all messed up and stuff has been pushed way, way back. 
which has also affected their TV shows because everything's all tied together. But uh, some movies are going directly to video. They're being released as a purchase. So it will cost you 20, 22 bucks to buy the movie online, which is less than it costs you for two tickets to go see it in a theater. And uh, the popcorn at your house is a whole lot cheaper than the popcorn at the movie theater. But um, I expect more movies will begin to move to that model. Um, now, there's a problem with that for the studios. The studios are used to getting that ticket money from the movie theaters, something you might not be aware of. When a first-run movie comes out for the first few weeks of its release, the theater keeps very little, if any, of the ticket money. They make their money off of the concessions. The studios get all of the money from the first couple of weeks of ticket sales. So the studios are used to getting that money and then getting the money when people buy the movie at home either uh, to stream or buy a physical copy of the movie. They also get money from the uh, HBOs and the other networks that purchase the right to show the movie before it comes out on video. So when you remove the theater from that chain, it's going to cut some revenue. The thing is, several movie chains, uh, AMC comes to mind instantly, is already saying that there's a very good chance they will never reopen their doors as AMC. The individual theaters may be bought up by other chains and opened, but what we're going to see is a significant decrease in the number of seats available uh, to show movies. And if we continue uh, social distancing by limiting the numbers of people that can be in one place, that's going to cut the theater margin even more, and more theaters are going to close. So I expect over the next couple of years to see lots of movie theaters shut down. The marginal ones will uh, not be able to stand the new pra business practice and will close their doors. So, and as they do, then the marketing model for the, the uh, production houses and the studios is going to move more towards the direct home market. So, in that atmosphere, if you are an edge investor type person, setting up a drive-in is not a bad idea when you think about it. You're losing seats out in the real world. You're losing theater seats, which means there's going to be a demand for that movie-going experience. And if the traditional theater, theater model's not working, then a drive-in model where you're automatically separated, your capacity is already taking into account the effects of social distancing, that might be a successful model for a few people. So we'll see what happens. It'll be interesting. So thanks, Frank, for that topic. All right, so the stuff that I planned on talking about today, now that I've already rambled for a little while. Um, let's see, still got three people. Oh, Diane, I have bought four movies so far. Which movies did you buy, Diane? Just out of curiosity. Um, I haven't bought any movies yet. Um, my wife is dying to watch Onward, and now it's on Disney+. Plus. So I imagine we'll be watching that this weekend. And uh, Oh, Frank's watching. So, Frank, if you didn't hear me a minute ago, Thank you for the topic of drive-in movies. And John Anderson. Hey, John, how are you doing? 
Uh, Rose Marie just joined us. Hey, Rose. So I'm going to switch topics here for a little bit, and I'm going to keep this running for a while because I've got a game to play. Part of the show was all about my hobbies, and one of my hobbies is cooking. Um, I enjoy eating, so obviously I enjoy cooking. So I'm starting a poll, and Facebook has broken their polls. I don't know why, but uh, ours is not to reason why. We just do what Zuckerberg says we can do. So I'm just going to do it as a post and comments. What, in your opinion, is the ultimate southern dessert? So some of the options, I did this over on my page, and I'm going to bring it over here and get it set up. But some of the options are pecan pie, or if you're a true southern, you call it pecan pie, uh, banana pudding, apple pie, peach cobbler, blackberry cobbler, red velvet cake. These are all things that uh, came up on the post at home. So what I want you guys to do over the next several days is uh, in the comments here, tell me what your favorite southern dessert is. And I, I do want to kind of limit it to southern desserts, which doesn't limit it too much, but there, there's a reason I'm doing this. What dessert, when you think of it, screams the south to you? Um, and all the ones that I mentioned, I, I happen to love. Um, and I think it's kind of cool here in Tennessee. There is a state law that if you have a buffet, it doesn't matter if it's American food, Chinese food, or Mexican food, there will be banana pudding on that buffet. It is a law in the Tennessee code. Look it up. It's not really. All right. So what is your favorite southern dessert? Um, I love pecan pie. Um, it's always been one of my favorites, and it's probably my favorite pie, especially when it's made by someone who knows how to get that filling to have that warm, buttery goodness, and the candied pecans on the top with that nice, crunchy, salty, and sweet, and uh, then a good f flaky pie crust. Um, yes, my mouth is watering. Uh, so pecan pie is definitely up near the top of my list. You can never go wrong with a good classic banana pudding. Um, and none of this instant jello stuff. Make the pudding yourself. Um, side question. When you have bananas for banana pudding, is it better to have slightly unripe, perfectly ripe, or overly ripe bananas? I know which one I prefer. Which one do you prefer? Uh, peach cobbler. There's something about just dumping that mess of ingredients into the pan and sticking it into the oven and 45 minutes later out magically comes this wonderful gooey concoction with the doughy crust on top and all the peach and syrupy goodness underneath um, it's magic and it's wonderful so I'm making myself hungry I don't know if you're getting hungry Kira we're talking about southern desserts so what is your favorite southern dessert and this is an important question, so do you eat dairy? Because if I make one of these desserts, hint, I need to make sure that everybody can eat it. So so you can answer on the comments now, or you can uh, put comments in later. That's okay, because here's what I'm leading up to. For uh, next week's show, I'm going to make whichever dessert wins the poll. So if you say banana pudding, I'm going to make a banana pudding. If you say pecan pie, I'm going to make a pecan pie. 
And then for my friends and co-workers here at the Mountain Fun Life Studio, you get a chance to eat it because I'm bringing it here. Because if I keep it at the house, my wife will shoot me. We're both working on our figures. Um, I've lost in the last six months, I guess, about 30 pounds. And I want to lose another 20, 25 over the next six months or so. Taking it nice and slow. I'm not doing a hard and fast diet because when I do that, I lose the weight and then I gain it back again. So I've been losing weight slowly for about two and a half years now. I started off at 310 pounds at my peak, somewhere in that neighborhood. And now I'm down to about 235. And I want to hit about 215. So that's where I want to finish up at. But it's going to take me another six months or so because I'm not getting in a hurry. I want this to last um, for a long, long time. So I'm going to make some wonderful dessert, and then I'm going to bring it here and let everybody else eat it. That's what I do. All right, so there's that. Um, and uh, that's what I want to do with the dessert question. So leave your comments here, or I'll create a post on the Facebook site, and you can chime in, and whichever one gets the most votes is the one that I will make for next week. All right. So I've got people watching, but I'm not getting any comments, and I don't know if Facebook is holding off on comments or if people are just loving the sound of my voice and I'm putting them to sleep. I don't know. All right. So those are the topics that I had to talk about this morning. I hope you enjoyed the studio show, and I hope you enjoyed this back and forth a little bit. Um, I would love to get more questions. But I understand people are starting to go a little bit stir-crazy. So, not listening quite as much. So, the last thing I'm going to talk about. Um, on my way in, I saw something that made me very happy. I saw two businesses with dates of when they're opening back up. And uh, that made me very happy. Now, we've had some that have been uh, posting all along and that date keeps changing but these were two businesses that all they had were were uh, closed signs on them and they've now changed and one of us one of them is opening next week and the other one is opening up right after the first of may and i'm as excited as i am when the spring daffodils first start breaking through the snow because this is the sign that we're starting to come out of this long dark period and starting to get back to life. It's spring, okay? It's spring, and spring is starting again, and that makes me happy. So as the businesses begin to open back up, and as people begin to coming, begin coming back, we start going back to work, and we start putting our lives back together. Each little sign is one to be applauded and enjoyed. Now, I know that there's still a lot of people who are worried about COVID-19. And yes, it is a serious illness, and it can be very serious for a small segment of the population. Here's the thing to keep in mind as you move forward. And I said this on the show, and I'll say it every day over and over again as we move forward. If you're concerned, you have the ability to take care of yourself, okay? It is entirely within your power to make sure that you are safe from COVID-19. And it's very simple. You don't have to lock yourself in the house. You don't have to drive with your windows up. All you have to do is a couple of very simple things. One, if you're sick, 
stay home. Okay, And that goes for all of us. This is stuff we should have been doing all along, but we didn't, and we're seeing now why we should have. So if you're sick, stay home. If you're out, wash your hands frequently. Just wash your hands. That is the number one way to prevent infection because if your hands are clean, then you're not going to be cross-contaminating other items and you're not going to be contaminating or infecting yourself or others. So wash your hands. And maintain good social hygiene. I'm going to call it social hygiene instead of social distancing because now in people's mind, I know it's in my mind, when I hear social distancing, I think stay at home. And that's not where we need to be. Social distancing, more or less, is give the other person a little bit of space. Cover your cough if you have to cough or sneeze. You know, basic hygiene things that we learned as kids, if we do those, then we slow the spread of any disease, whether it's COVID-19 or the flu. So it just makes good sense. But if you follow good personal hygiene, then your risks of getting infected are extremely small. Remember, COVID-19 requires prolonged close contact. So if there's not somebody coughing and sneezing next to you, then more than likely you're not at risk for this virus. The other thing to remember is here in Sevier County, we've had 22 confirmed cases. That's it over the entire period of the crisis, 22 confirmed cases. We've had zero deaths. For whatever reason, we don't have a significant issue in this area. Now, when tourism starts back up, we might have some. So we need to be aware of that. Uh, good morning, Chris. And you're coming to Tennessee. Awesome. Let us know when you're coming. We've got lots of things to help you out with, lots of uh, ways to save you money. And Oh, wow, went right into the advertising spiel. Anyway, let us know when you're coming, Chris. We'd like to talk to you. We'd like to see you. And that goes for anybody else who's listening that's not in the area. Sevierville, Sevier County, Pigeon Forge is not open for business yet, but we're getting very, very close. Um, and one of the things that we need to think about when we think about that is a lot of our workers here are seasonal. And a lot of them come in as interns from area colleges and a lot of them come in on uh, temporary student visas to come work in this area. And that entire labor pool is gone now. And it takes uh, not weeks, but months to get that set up again. So as we open back up, understand that we're going to be short staffed. So please be patient. Um, one of the nice things about restaurants opening, I guarantee when they allow restaurants to open, they're gonna open at half capacity. And that's going to be fine with everybody involved. One of, one of my daughters is a bartender at one of the resort communities, and she is hoping that when we open up, we open up at half capacity because they just don't have the staff to be full capacity right now. The other thing that's going to be interesting is supply chains. Um, the regular flow of food and supplies for restaurants and parks has been disrupted, and that's going to take some time to uh, get reestablished, which means you can expect, I don't want to say shortages, but outages of certain items, particularly when you're going to a restaurant. They may, may be out of your favorite foods, and that's just going to happen as we get things put back together. So if we all have a little bit of patience and are willing to uh, 
just enjoy what we have and work with what we have, then as this transition, as we go through the transition, things will get better. Uh, the other thing is I fully expect that transition period to go a whole lot quicker than some people may like. And that's mainly because people are tired of being cooped up. And once we start going back out again, it's going to be hard to slow down. So that's why it's so important what I was saying just a minute ago. Protect yourself. Because as long as you're protecting yourself, you don't have to worry about what everybody else is doing. If you are in a situation where you don't feel safe, if there's too many people, if there's a crowd, if there's someone that's sick, leave. Walk out. You don't need to be there. By protecting yourself and by protecting your family, you're protecting everyone around you because you don't get exposed, you don't become a carrier, and we maintain the slow progression, which is where we want to be. All right, so let's see. Week of Rod 1. Rod 1. Wad 1. Let's try that one more time. Rod Run. There we go. Got it right. So you're coming the week of Rod Run, but they've rescheduled it. That's okay because we got plenty of stuff to do here, even without a Rod Run. Um, that reminds me. Uh, Tennessee schools, uh, I don't think all the districts have announced yet. I know Knox County has and Sevier County has that they will no, have no more classes for the rest of the year. And that leaves this year's graduating senior classes a little bit up in the air as far as a graduation ceremony, which most likely will not happen, and the most important event in any high schooler's life, the senior prom. Here's my thoughts on that. The proms, the official school-sponsored proms, most likely are going to be canceled. There is no reason in the world why the kids and their parents can't get together when uh, this thing is over and do their own prom. Think of it like Footloose. The, the stuffy town manager has shut down the prom, but you're going to dance anyway. So I fully expect and I encourage parents and students to get together and when these restrictions are listed and when there's a venue available, to have your prom because it's important it's very important that's that's their time to celebrate and it shouldn't be lost so i know uh, my local grade school organized the parents organized an eighth grade prom the school didn't sponsor it the school didn't want anything to do with it and they really didn't want them to do it but the parents got together, they rented the facility, they organized it, they chaperoned it, and they had an eighth grade prom for their kids. There's no reason why we can't do that for our high school seniors. So seniors, get together with your parents. Parents, get together with each other. And as things happen, let's, let's make this happen. Let's have a Sevier County prom for our seniors. All right. So that's all I've got for today. Thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. There's still four of you. I know it went down to one, but it came back up to four, so that's always good. Uh, hello to everyone that watched. Let's see, I think I caught everybody. Uh, Diane, John. John Anderson, I don't think I mentioned you. Hey, John, I hope you're still on. 
hope you're enjoying this. Um, then, uh, and Kira, Chris, and Rose. All right. So got everybody. All right. Well, that's my time for today. I'm going to get out of here and, uh, I've got to go make spaghetti for dinner tonight. Like I said, I cook and, uh, making my sauce from scratch. Um, I'm not Italian, so I don't call it gravy, but, uh, got to make my spaghetti sauce and get ready for dinner tonight. Um, I don't think, according to, uh, my cloudy skies app, supposed to get some high haze tonight so i doubt i'll get some more uh, star pictures but tomorrow night's looking pretty good so i want to finish that up once these pictures are done i'll post them on here so you guys can see them if you have any questions or comments again leave them here thank you chris i will stay safe you as well and uh again the question on desserts it's going on over on my facebook page my personal page uh richard haley um, find it. You can friend me. I'm, I'm very open. I'm nowhere near my 5,000 person limit. Uh, so be more than happy to open that up to anybody that wants to see it. Uh, and I'll post a question here as well. Uh, let me know what your desserts are and, uh, whatever it is, I'll let everybody know, make a quick video of how I made it. And, uh, we will do that for next week. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with me. Enjoy your weekend. Keep yourself safe. Keep your family safe. And I will see you guys next week. Y'all take care.